When they were young in the 1930s, our parents divided the year between California and Long Island. They spent the summer months in Goleta, in the foothills west of Santa Barbara, at a place that had been a wedding present from our mother's parents. They hadn't wanted her to marry my father. She was 19, and he was 23 when he proposed. And although he was very handsome and came of an old New England family, he had a history of nervous trouble. But she was determined, and eventually they gave in. The marriage took place in New York at Grace Church on May 9, 1929. And oh, how radiant they were as they stepped out of the church, the former Alice de Forest and her new husband, Francis Minton Sedgwick. He in his cutaway and she in a satin dress with a veil of tulle and old lace, carrying her train and a big beribboned bouquet. They spent their honeymoon in California at the place in Goleta, which even now, more than 80 years later, I remember as paradise. The house stood, indeed may still stand, facing south in a vast sweep of landscape that descended from the Sierra Madre to the coast. In style, it was Spanish, one story, white stucco with a tiled roof, and built around a patio. Plumbago and trumpet flower vines and scarlet bougainvillea covered the outer walls so you could hardly find the yellow front door, and the patio was filled with flowering shrubs that sent their fragrance floating in through the windows. Outside the living room, there was a large covered terrace lined with ivy and an open terrace above it where our parents sometimes slept on clear nights. That side of the house looked out over steep gardens and orchards of orange and lemon trees, and beyond, across open countryside studded with stands of eucalyptus, to the ocean and the Channel Islands. Behind the house, there was a cavernous white barn that served as the garage, and built onto the back of it was our father's studio, where they gave parties that we could hear from our beds in the house. From there, the land rose to a tawny hilltop where our parents had built a tennis court and a pool, each in its green wire cage, as well as another cage enclosing a sandbox and swings. Farther on, almost out of sight, there was a rough riding ring with jumps and a little wooden cabin lined with blue ribbons our mother had won before she married. Now our parents always rode together. If we children were in the playground, we could see them go by in the distance and disappear toward the foothills that rolled, yellow and sage-blue, all the way up to the mountains. The sky above was immense, full of buzzards wheeling high up, and once the morning fog burned off, it was blue, always blue, because in that place it was always summer. Bobby and I were born there, I in the summer of 1931, and he two years later. However, our mother was not to have another child in California until Edie came along. And meanwhile, our sister Pamela and the next three, Minty and Jonathan and Kate, were all born in a different climate and another landscape altogether. Until the war, we spent the rest of the year on Long Island, first at our mother's family place in Cold Spring Harbor, 
where we stayed until Pamela was born, and eventually in a large white clapboard house of our own on a pond a couple of miles away. There we three older children lived with Sophie, our dour, gray-haired German governess, on the third floor in little irregular rooms under the eaves. The doors all opened onto a large playroom that contained a big wooden table for Bobby's Lionel trains, some chests stuffed with toys and tools and games, and a golden-brown hobby horse with real hide and hair. All around, the walls were lined with low shelves full of books. I remember distinctly the different worlds evoked by the illustrations of Kate Greenaway and Arthur Rackham and Howard Pyle. But what I liked best was a set of St. Nicholas magazine from the years 1910 to 1920, bound in large red leather volumes embossed in gold. <laughs>